Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 237, again, of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. It's it's, it's 237, take two. Yes, um, because we apparently had some fucking issues that I didn't hear uh, when we released this episode originally. Um, so we're going to just re-record the whole damn thing and just call it good. So, um, I see you got an addition up there, motherfucker. What? You didn't tell me about what? Yeah, the the Mothman ornament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got that while we're at. Uh, oh, <laughs> back from Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is fantastic. I know everybody. There was a lot of people like, "Well, you're going to experience culture shock when you go south." And I think what they meant was you're going to see people that aren't the same color as you. Which whatever. No, the culture shock is when you run into everybody that's super goddamn polite. That's the culture shock. Like, wow. This guy didn't call me an asshole in traffic when I, I merged in front of him. Nice. Most people are nice down yeah, south. Yeah, it was great. Most. I, like 95% of the people that we ran into, super nice. But they can be an asshole, but sound nice. Right. Well, even then, that's that's fine because it's not, you know, not like the guy at the Dunkin' Donuts in New York that I almost got into a fist fight with to go to the bathroom on the way back through. But um, So on our way home, we stopped in... A little town called Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, that no one on this fucking podcast. Yeah, you better not have heard of it. Knows about it. Um, went to the Mothman Museum, which, by the way, if you ever if you're ever in the area down there, it's literally five dollars for an adult to go through the museum. Oh wow! Where they get you is in the gift shop. Uh... But um, really cool. They had a bunch of stuff down there. They had um, they had one room that was basically all just like. Uh, set dressings and stuff like that from the Mothman Prophecies movie with Richard Gere and all that. Um, it's really, really cool though. Very interesting. They had a lot of, uh, um, they had a bunch of like these glass countertops that had handwritten accounts of everything uh-huh. from people that witnessed it. And, um, the, the, uh, the, the Scarberries handwritten accounts that they did for the police, like the first, uh, the first couple that saw Mothman. Yep. Um, all kinds of newspaper clippings where they show, um, they've got the newspaper newspaper from the day of the collapse. And then like every day when they were updating the number of bodies being found, um, which is sad that they found that many people, but, um, it was, it was super interesting and it was literally $5 from the bridge collapse. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then we, we drove across the new silver bridge. We did. I think we put a video up of that. Um, no, you didn't. I did because my, my old Shelby posted it, but um, I remember very clearly because I made a comment as soon as we crossed and we hit Ohio and I went, oh, gross. And then she stopped the video. <laughs> and then we proceeded to drive through Ohio for like four hours. So, uh, yeah, because how we came up yeah. into Pennsylvania is like we went up into Ohio and then boop, over into Pennsylvania to our spot. And yeah, um, but I could I could definitely get used to living down south. And I'm sure everybody saw. I got some fucking pit vipers while I was there too. Those things are excellent. What? I got new sunglasses. I don't. I still. They're fucking rad, dude. I don't fucking know. Oh man, you put them on and everything tastes like Coors Light. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it was weird because like I got to the bottom of the box and there's this little folded up piece of paper that was just like directions on how to get to the job site to do stuff. I'm like, I'm not doing that, man. I already got a job. So, um. Yeah, so I, I still have to post all of our pictures from 
mostly from Mothman and um, the Chickamauga Battlefield, which uh, if you are looking for more information on that, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash darkwindowspodcast and uh, listen to our episode we did there. Selfless plug. Um, Just listen to the first half, though, because once we got into the the whole like green eyes thing with the the, the monster slash ghost slash whatever the fuck it is that's supposedly on the yeah, battlefield. I don't know. Pretty sure as I was reading that I went, I think this story's fake and I just stopped. Yeah. Um But now that we've uh yeah. So that, that was my vacation, which was pretty nice. Um Hey, uh I didn't have vacation. Goddamn. Hardy's how come none of you motherfuckers told me about Hardy's though? It's a secret. Ugh. We need it here. <clears throat> but we can't have it here because Vermont is not good for business. Oh, I don't the... think Northeast is because I don't think it's. New... They had one over in New York. We drove by. Where? Uh, I was like way the hell out by like Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, see, yeah. See. I mean, that's really not even New York. That's, that's not just New West. York. O- that's East Ohio at that point. Yeah. Um. So I'll see. I'll save what I was just about to say for our our uh, Patreon because I'm just gonna bitch about that. Okay. So, um, well, I mean. If you listen to the first half of the last episode, you kind of know where this is going. But uh, I wanted to start off with a definition from the Dexter's, you know, Dexter's. Who the fuck Dexter's. is Dexter? The Dexter's Dictionary? Yeah. Webster's Dictionary. Ah, yeah. but the Dexter. Uh, I don't know who the, the fuck Dexter is. He's got a laboratory somewhere. He does. Dude, that was fucking weird. Also discovered that I'm lactose intolerant uh, just before I went on vacation, which is fun. So What? Yeah. Anytime I eat anything with dairy in it, it fucks my stomach up and I get all bloated and shit. Huh. Super uncomfortable, but... Uh, Since when's that started? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Thank God for Lactade, though. Lactade's excellent. Huh. This, show's, uh, this episode's sponsored by Lactade. Ah. It's really not, but if you guys want to, you won't. So, um, so Webster's D- Dictionary defines the word cunt as... Uh, Obscene, the female genital organs, also sexual intercourse with a woman. I've never heard it used that way. Um, more commonly used as a disparaging term for a woman. And um, that's how we're going to use it in this case, because Irma Grease, our topic here, was a huge cunt. And uh, I'm glad she's dead. Spoiler alert. So Irma, oh, this fucking name, man, I'll tell you. Irma Ilsa Ida Grease, which is the most German thing that's ever existed. Yes, she came much. slithering forth from her mother's ne- uh, nether regions, October seventh, nineteen twenty-three, in the town of Feldberg, Schindlenschaft, which is in the northeast corner of Germany, mm. which is uh, about one hundred and thirty-five kilometers, just about due north of Berlin. So she was kind of close to the she, close to the action, you know. Yeah, right from the get-go, she was the third of five born to Alfred and Berta, who were her parents. Um, Pretty normal childhood, according to most, you know, normal by 1920s childhood where, you know, none of us grew up in the 20s, but we've heard stories of yeah. uh, it, beating your kids is a pretty normal thing. It was just, it was just part of life. You, know, you smack them around a little bit. It, it just happens. True. Um, true, un- true, true. Unfortunately, her father did not get carried away and kill her. Um, eh. Probably would have done some people a favor. Uh, the world in general, yes. Specific people later in life, definitely. Yeah. Um, so one of her sisters recalled her being a poor student in school. Um, she was a troublemaker. She always, always starting shit and not wanting to handle it herself and letting her older siblings do that for um, pretty common shit for a, a little, a younger sibling. Of course. Um, you didn't have to worry about that because your younger brother's tougher than you, but. I guess so. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He put the fear of God in a couple of bullies for me in high school, so. Yeah. yeah. How he rolls. That's true. Um, now he's a bitch. You heard what I said, Ben. <laughs> he's not a bitch. He just has baseball autism like I do. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, disaster would kind of come early in life. 1936, uh, the truth comes out about her father, who's been having an affair with the daughter of a local bar owner. Uh-huh. Um, her mother handled this like an adult, very level-headed, um, drank an entire glass, a glass, like a, I'm assuming probably a pint glass, being Germany, a pintstein, uh, you know, with the lid on it and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, of hydrochloric acid. 
Um, that's way to be. Yeah, that's like, way to do it. That's like a classy woman. Right. Right there. Right. She hung around just long enough to be found by Alfred and the kids before checking out. Irma was 13 years old when she watched her mother twitch and die on the floor with uh, foamy spit and blood coming out of her mouth, mm. uh, which is probably pleasant. Um, and, of course, being female children in the home, it was their job to clean up, so Alfred allowed them to clean up after their dead mother because he was a nice guy like that. Yeah. There's been some speculation that uh, her parents were possibly physically abusive. But like, again, like we said, it was the twenties. Everybody got their ass kicked as a kid in the twenties. I mean, up into the shit, the late eighties, it was pretty regular. If you got out of hand, you got whooped, you know? Yep. Um, I don't know how it was in Germany because I live in America. Eagle sound. Um, yeah, I was going to try it, but fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Caca! <laughs> That's all I could go. I've got an MP3 of it I can put in. Oh. <laughs> I have a whole thing of just sound effects. I'm like, I just had these. Nice. Um, but yeah, was there some physical and probably verbal abuse? Yeah. 1920s Germany? Yeah, probably. Uh-huh. Um, so this all happened at a pretty formative point in her life. She's starting to go through changes. She's 13 years old, you know. Yes. Um, and then watching your mother die in a brutal fucking fashion like that at that point in life where you're trying to figure everything out, that can kind of, that can flip some switches in your brain that associate pain and death with other things. Um, and in this case, it was like somebody just hit the whole set of switches up. <laughs> like, we're going to turn all these on. Oh. Uh yeah, but this was uh, this was a catalyst where she would drop out of school that same year, um, started a rebellious phase a little bit early. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to school anymore. But 1936, Germany, shit's about to get hot. Hitler's been the chancellor for a couple years at this point. Uh, I think he came into power in like 33, 32, somewhere in there. He had already pooched the beer hall uh, a few years previous. Ah, uh, he pooched that beer. Yeah. And everything is coming up swastikas for a good old Hitler. Um, so I, I had kind of known previously that between World War I and World War II, Germany was a, a absolute disaster politically. You all right? Yeah. I'm, okay. fa- I'm sorry. Baseball cards. Oh. <laughs> I pulled an Adley Rutschman. Oh, you and a Gunnar Henderson rookie out of the same fucking pack, homie. I fucking hate you. Yeah. I didn't realize there were team packs until I opened it. I'm like, these are all Orioles. You know, I was like, okay, cool. So the reason I bought it is because Adley is the first card, the card you can see in the, the plastic. I'm like, all right, well, that's I'm buying this regardless. It's $5. Mm-hmm. And then like three from the back, I hit a Gunnar Henderson one. I went, oh, bitch. So they went directly into the little plasticine cases and right into the safe uh-huh. with the rest of the big dollar cards. Yeah. Um, anyway, we were talking about Hitler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he would have been a baseball fan. Adolf? Yeah. No. He, he no football. I mean, in the thirties, he would have been fine with it because it was all white. He'd been soccer. Was, oh. He liked Captain America, though. So what? Like he collected all of these special edition Captain Americas where he was beating up Hitler on the cover. Imagine how much those motherfuckers would be worth right, right. now if he still had them. If some fucking 19-year-old kid from Kansas didn't get shithouse drunk in the fucking eagle's nest and, like, piss all over him. I know. You know? Cocksucker? What was he thinking? He wasn't. He was drunk. It's, it's, it's like my dad. My dad talking about how if he had kept the baseball cards that he had. My dad's the same way. Yeah. When he was a kid. I mean, my dad's a few years older than your dad. Yeah. But still, and same thing. Different, you know. So he had, like, my dad had, like, fucking Mickey Mantles. You know, if he had... My kept... dad had a Joe DiMaggio rookie he, he, that my grandmother sold in the yard sale. Yeah. She sold a box of his baseball cards. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, I can tell you, if I'd had that and got to sell it, I wouldn't be doing a podcast for money right now. No. <laughs> we just do two episodes a week. Here, have a fucking little extra bonus one. We don't need to do Patreon. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. Also be in a nicer house in a quieter area. Um, anyway, so between World War One and World War Two, um, I, I, again, did not realize that they had been through 21 different governments in that period of time. Um, 
so from 19... So... Oh, shit. So the, the, the big one that everybody knows took place, like, kind of took over in 1933, which was the National Socialist Party, which is not as cool as it sounds because them's the Nazis. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but women actually played a pretty big part in all of the different governments leading up to this. And not surprisingly, they fell right in with all of the awful shit that the Nazis started, and they a lot of them were fully supportive of it. So this is kind of an important thing to remember with this particular scumbag that we're talking about is uh, she was born the year of the Beer Hall Pooch. So she never really knew a time where Germany wasn't going through some shit would be the best way to put it. Yeah. Probably the scientific way to, to say that. Of course. Um, it wasn't necessarily that there was not any times of peace, but it was, I would say, kind of like what we got going on now here where everything is a fucking crisis and all kinds of dumb shit, except it actually was. It wasn't manufactured by the news for Uh everything to be a crisis. Everything actually was. Because you had to bring fucking wheelbarrows full of money to buy food. Yeah. Because your money wasn't worth shit. Because you guys kind of lost World War I. Um, So as Hitler comes into power more and more, the Nazi ideals become a day-to-day thing where people are talking about it in their houses all the time. It was a regular thing. This was just... Yeah, these these guys are all right, you know, um, and they definitely got kids into the indoctrination machine early. So pertaining to the kids, the Fuhrer has completely banned all youth organizations, including organized sports and stuff like that, and replaced them with what he referred to as the Youth Corps, which was made up of the Hitler Youth, which uh, was kind of completely and 100 percent modeled off of the Boy Scouts of America. Uh, design, uh-huh. and uh, then you had the League of German Girls, and Irma being young and wanting to really get in there and just help the shit out of the fatherland. She she joined voluntarily at sixteen years old. The the uh, League of German Girls. I say she joined voluntarily because between the ages of uh, I believe it was eight and uh, eighteen, it was compulsory. You had to be part of it. Um, so it was 8 and 18 for girl for girls and uh-huh. 8 and 17 for boys. Because uh, once your nuts drop and you got fuzz on your under your arms, you're old enough to start trying to kill Polish people. Oh. So here you go. Grab a rifle. Enjoy. As long as you are what they would refer to as uh, the standard for being ethnically German. Mm. Um, so you have to be a German citizen. You have to be free of any quote unquote hereditary diseases. <coughs> Being a Jew, um, <laughs> and uh, th- these kids would often meet at campfires and stuff like that for uh, what they would refer to as cultural education, which would include things like sports, physical training, and of course German folklore. the The training is pretty different from boys to girls. The boys are training in survival skills, mechanics, uh, light combative stuff, um, electrical stuff like that. So they're basically, it's almost like going to a trade school, but you also get to learn how to shoot stuff. Um, whereas the girls are trained with more, you know, more in homemaking, um, cooking, stuff like that. And they were also trained specifically how to avoid Rosenschad, which uh, translates from Germany to racial defilement, which means they were taught how to spot Jews and not fuck them. Oh, you know, because you know, you don't want to breed with them because they're (sighs) inferior to you. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. So Irma joined because she knew it was going to piss her father off. That was her goal. We're going to piss dad off. Uh huh. Um, even though he was technically part of the Nazi party, but his was more out of, requirement than belief put it that way because he owned a a pretty sizable dairy operation so if you own things you're kind of gonna you know you're gonna help or else which is where nazism and (laughs) nazism and communism were kind of the same in that light where except uh the Nazism, it was more like, hey, we're going to strongly encourage you to do this. We're 
communism was, if you don't do this, we're going to fucking kill you and your entire family and take your shit. Um, yeah. You know? Of course. But uh, he, he always described his little Irma as a, a solemn, conservative, church-going child. And it made him, quote, very sad to see her join with such interest. Um, now, we kind of got to jump back into this little asshole a little bit here. So while she was part of the um, the League of German Girls, she showed a lot of interest in becoming a nurse. And at the age of 18, she got what she wanted and was assigned to uh, Honlenlecken. Uh, this place was was special because it was not a regular hospital. It was a sanatorium run by the fucking SS. So here she would work pretty closely with a man named uh, Dr. Carl Gebhardt. Uh, that's Carl with a K, Gebhardt with an H-R-D-T. So that's how we just really spetzel that fucking name up. Uh-huh. Uh, Got to make sure it's as German as possible. Yeah, 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 of uh, course. So she she worked with him as an assistant. Most people agree that she never made it to the level of a nurse because she wasn't particularly bright. But she was okay as an assistant because she's just an extra set of hands. And she helped out with a lot of different procedures that Gebhard would carry out. Um, including one of the most graphic things that he would have ever done to people, which was bone grafting. So bone grafting is basically a bone transplant where you can fix or replace damaged or diseased bone. And most of the time it's with cadaver bones, Um, which that makes sense. But this is Nazi Germany. You don't need cadavers because you have gypsies and handicapped people and Jews that you can Uh just borrow bones from. They don't mind. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, it'll be all right. Don't worry yeah. about it. But I mean, you wouldn't really expect much less from a guy who was the personal physician to Heinrich Himmler up until about a week before he died. So this guy was a special piece of shit. Not just a regular piece of shit. He's like on a different, different level of, of being a yeah, piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah, of course. So after a few months at the sanato- uh, sanatorium, her supervisor had her reassigned to Ravensbrück concentration camp, where she would train as part of the female SS auxiliary. Ravensbrück was the first camp commissioned as a female-only camp um, by Himmler. And uh, at first, it wasn't terribly overcrowded, you know, for a death camp, Ugh. obviously. Um well, I mean, they didn't really worry about overcrowding. Right. Per se. But I mean, for <laughs> when you look at how overcrowded some of these other ones were, this one really was not even close to that. But that, that would really change pretty quickly. And um, as soon as the overcrowding started, they uh, they fixed it in air quotes by turning turning it into an extermination through work camp, as you do in Nazi Germany, because they're pieces of shit. The largest contingent of women here were Poles, and they fell victim to the same kind of stuff that would be commonplace elsewhere, um, being worked to death, medical experimentation, and um, what they refer to as mass liquidations, uh-huh. which is where you just grab a bunch of folks up and kill them Yeah, as you know, efficiently as possible. Of course. And the Germans are nothing if not efficient. They are. Yes. Unfortunately <laughs> efficient in this in this case. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say very efficient, but they are. They were, though. That's the thing. It sucks because they were killing people that frequently, but they were very efficient at it. Like, to the point that it's... Being efficient is a good thing, but Uh not in this case. (laughs) You know? Um, So the gas chambers of the camp were constructed in 1944. Um, At its height, anywhere from 80 to 100 women were dying in in the camp a day just as a result of work. The female guards at Ravensbrook numbered 150 at the most, and they were responsible for the deaths of 50,000 people at the camp through working. Then between like between the working, the disease, and starvation, that's about 50,000. Um, and another, call it 3,000 killed in the, uh, the gas chambers. So not, not a great place to be. Uh, Ravensbrook was usually, I'm sorry, was used as a basic training camp essentially for female guards. And, uh, in 1943, she'd become an Ousterhaven, which was a overseer, um, after training under Dorothea Bins, who was an awful, awful piece of shit in her own right. Uh, Uh, this rotten bitch 
was the Ober uh, Oberausferin, who is the head guard, head trainer, essentially, for all the other female guards. She would walk around the camp with a whip in one hand and her German shepherd's leash in the other, and she would just arbitrarily, as she's walking, point at people with a whip, and whoever she just randomly selected uh, would be sent to the gas chambers or just executed right there by gunshot. Just, you know, whatever. I picked them. Hmm. Um, so thankfully, at the end of the war, this miserable cunt would also be hung by the neck until she was fucking dead by the Allies. <laughs> um, but in honor of her trainer, as she would move forward, Irma got herself a couple of dogs and a whip, and she also mixed in a pair of uh, some pretty heavy like leather boots that were real good for kicking people because that's kind of a thing she's into. So in March of 1943, she's called up to the big leagues. The uh, coach comes out and we're going to bring in the righty. And uh, they send her to Auschwitz-Birkenau, which is in Poland, where she starts off as a telephone operator and part of the gardening crew. Um, One of the things that I learned about the gardening crew is while they're planting all the vegetables and they planted flowers because, you know, he wanted to look nice. Yeah. Um, one of the big things they were using for fertilizer was human ash because apparently it's a very good thing. It's for plants. It's got a lot of uh, nitrogen and other nutrients in it that that help plants grow. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, there's only one way to get human ash, and that's to burn human corpses, and then you have to make those. That's I which mean, uh, again Auschwitz. They were very, very good at making dead people. They were. Um, there's a little I mean, buck tooth little fuck that works here too. That was good at that uh, scumbag. He'll come up again. By the way, there was another asshole that worked there. There was a couple. There was yeah. a, a bunch of real assholes that really worked there. There was a dickhead that fucking yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um. So on her way from Ravensbrück to Auschwitz, she decides to stop at home and see Dad. So she walks in, she's in her full SS gear, just fucking crisp, looking great. And as soon as her father saw her, he beat the shit out of her and told her to never come home again. Um, Again, here at the Dark Windows podcast, we do not promote domestic violence or hitting women, but uh, she deserved it. So I'm okay with it. You know, you don't need to haul off and like hit your wife or your mom or your girlfriend or something. Unless she's an actual Nazi, then go for it. You know, not like she voted for somebody different than me, yes. Nazi, but like working at a concentration camp, Nazi. Um, so she would actually become the youngest female guard at Auschwitz at the age of 19. The average there was about 25, 26. But the youngest recorded guard would be at Gross, uh, Grosso Rosen. Um, it was a 15 year old boy that was running guard duty. So he was uh, he was all in for the cause. You imagine? Could you imagine being the guard at a fucking death camp at 15 years old? I couldn't keep my hands off my dick at 15 years old. I don't want to kill people. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's fucked, isn't it? Motherfucker can't drive yet. And, he, <laughs> and he's out here herding people up into, into lines to go to the showers. That's there's something not, not right, not okay about that, you know. And you can't even say like, "Oh, his parents should have beat the crap out of him," because they were probably on on it too. You know what I mean? Probably, yeah. So she would show up at Auschwitz within days of the four massive of the four giant crematoriums being finished. This is the crown jewel in the Nazi extermination machine. The first prisoner rolled through the door in May of 1940, and within a month, the first mass trans- uh, transportation came in. Um, I didn't realize how big Auschwitz actually was. Did not realize that it's not a single camp. It's actually made up of about uh, 50 satellite smaller camps around the area. Um, and this is also the one where above the gates you have in German work shall set you free, or which is Fry. fucking disgusting. Uh, yes, it's in Poland. Yeah. Um, it's one of those places I, I've always kind of wanted to visit just to, I don't know, I guess just to experience it and just to see what those people would have been put through. Um, I do know that there was a, a woman that, 
recently, like within the last couple months, uh, was facing felony charges from the Polish government for doing a bunch of goofy TikTok videos while she was there, like dancing and having fun and shit. And I'm like, you are scum of the earth. You don't go to a place like that and be like, hey, everybody, check it out. I'm shaking my ass. They'd be like going to the fucking the wall in Washington, D.C. and twerking against it and not expecting somebody to knock your teeth out because it's super fucking disrespectful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's that's just sad. It is. It, it's sad that people have no respect for anything historically like that. You know, it, and it's not even like, oh, people died here. A lot of people died here for no reason other than because someone decided that they weren't good enough to live anymore, which is fucking awful. Yeah, they had they had another really cool term, which I don't remember in German, but it was uh, life unworthy of life, which was how they kind of justified uh, experimenting on other human beings and killing them like in fucking massive numbers, which... So, yeah, like, body count-wise, the Nazis didn't kill the most people ever, but they were the worst about it, you know? Because, like, Pol Pot and those guys, they, you know, Mao, fucking Stalin, those guys all had higher counts than, than Hitler did. But sometimes it's not about the numbers, it's about how you go about doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Of course. Because, like, yeah, Ted Williams, he had the highest batting average of all time in baseball. But he also did it really well. Yeah. Can't believe I just compared a World War II veteran. <laughs> oh, boy. And it's because we're watching goddamn baseball in the background. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway. Um, so in May of 1944, she's promoted to Oberhaus Fearin, whatever the fuck it was, and given command of Birkenau B2-C camp, which held over 30,000 prisoners, most of them women. Uh, prisoners that survived this experience all kind of had the same thing to say, that she was uncommonly cruel. Um, and when you're comparing her to other Nazis to say she was meaner than the rest of them, that's saying something. That's You are gross. If you're the worst of the Nazis at that point, that's that's saying something not nice. Very true. Um, she had a tendency to find women that... Uh, I guess the best way to put it were uh, would be they had the they had big old boobies, you know. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, they had the uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> they had nice eyes. They were gifted in the front, <laughs> um, and she would target these women particularly. And any infraction that she, she didn't have big boobies. No, she didn't. Well, but she also liked big boobies, which is why she would target these and she women specifically. Lie? Yes. Because other brothers will deny. I don't think there was any brothers there. <laughs> when those big boobies walk in. <laughs> First of all, there wasn't a lot of brothers in Germany to begin with. Second of all, I don't think they could have caught any of them. Because, like, we sent one there, and he outran all of them. And Hitler were mad. <laughs> it's true. It was. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, I could imagine just, like, the cartoon steam coming out of his ears when they put a fucking gold medal, a gold medal on Jesse Owens' neck. Oh, he must have been so mad. But the thing was, he wasn't, he wasn't only... Like, he had protested, you know, he put his hand up, his yeah. fist up, but that was also for back home, too. In the 40s? The 30s? No, no, you're thinking of a different group of people. I'm talking Jesse Owens in the Berlin Olympics. That's what I'm saying. Where he was like... He had a black fucking glove on. Are you sure? I thought yes. that was later on. No, Jesse Owens had a fucking black glove on, fucking huh. raised to the sky, and he was like, he had... And his head was bowed, and he was like this. I didn't think that was him. I thought that was somebody else. No, Because I thought that Owens. was in, like, the 60s. No, that was Jesse Owens. But, um, but yeah, he was literally the fastest human that's ever stepped foot in Germany at that point in time. Um, I'm sure Usain Bolt's been there since, but, you know. And then well, yeah. Hitler's ghost gets to roll in its grave as a Jamaican outruns everybody there, too. So I mean, it's a little bit different in area now. It is. I mean, but that motherfucker's, like, running, like, 36 miles an hour. He needs to slow down to go past the school. True. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Mr. Bolt, you're going too fast. Yeah. Slow down. We're going to let you off with a warning this time because you're incredibly tall. Um, anyway, let's let's get back to this awful shit. So any infraction <laughs> that she noticed would result in them being stripped from 
the waist up basically and she would just whip the crap out of him across the tits specifically into the nipples she played like Morocco. Oh, like the drums I, on the doobies, whipping, whipping women in the nipples, dude. Like I don't know about you, but I don't oh. like anything touching my nipples. Um, and I have sensitive. A, they are, and I have a nine-month-old son that likes to, you know, like, if I'm not wearing a shirt, he'll just grab them and turn. Like, dude, mine don't do anything. Don't do that. They're sensitive. It's they like are one sensitive. Of the most sensitive spots in your body. Yeah, I mean, I can think of one more that I'd rather not be whipped into. No, that's true. Because um, there's a lot of uh, a lot your of nerve cheek. endings there. Your cheeks. No, no, no. <laughs> The tip of my cheek. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Um, so I think here will be the best part, to, best spot to take a break because it's going to get really gross from here on out and uh, kind of just, you know, we'll slow down a little bit for a second. One prisoner said, quote, the women had, the women had learned to dread her attention, the least of which Hide your tits, ladies. Tie them down. (laughs) Um, The least of which meant being lashed. Put those fucking things away. (laughs) You're going to get us all killed. Your fucking cans are too big. Jesus, I know it's cold, but just like push them in or something. Yeah, do something. You're just trying to get these, not outies. So the the least of which meaning being lashed across the nipples. So their secret code was like batten down the hatches. Yeah. Gave it new meaning. I mean, tape them down. Damn, dude. (laughs) I don't know if they were allowed to have, like, ace bandages or anything to, like, strap them down or anything, but... If I wrapped them up. I don't know. That's that's fucking brutal, though. Getting... Clothing, wrapped them. That'd be the equivalent of somebody, like, ripping your pants off, lighting a match, letting it burn for a couple of seconds, blowing it out, and then putting that right to the tip of your dick. It's like... Tsh! Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. Or kicking your nuts. Ew, that would hurt too. Like having a cigarette put out on on your dick, also be right around the same pain level. I would imagine, yeah. uh, not great. Yeah. Um, here's another gross thing. Uh, when these women were given any medical attention, it was by an inmate doctor, which was not a doctor for inmates. It was an inmate who was also happened to be a doctor, basically. Uh-huh. Um, yep. so. Obviously, thankfully, it wasn't one of the camp doctors because those guys were disgusting. Well, they wouldn't fucking do anything for you anyway. Right. (laughs) So, of course, you know, these doctors weren't given any of the things that they actually needed to fix these women up. Like, you know. Why would you? Unimportant things like clean instruments, antiseptic, anesthesia, whatever. You don't need that shit. You need that, you coward. Come on. They're fucking. Remember what time period yeah. this is? They're they're you know. We've got to save. We've got to save none of the anesthesia that we don't have for the actual patients. Yeah, because we're not going to use it on them either. You know, they're not even fucking human beings. No, Come on. listen, listen. You could kick a field goal between my teeth, but I'm also not going to do anything to make you uh, be in less pain. You got a twin. I'm going to sew him to your back, though. Yeah. Um. So Gisela Pearl, who uh, was one of the inmate doctors, said, "Quote." I happened to look up and saw, saw a horrible sight that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Irma Grease was enjoying the sight of the human suffering. Her tense body swayed back and forth in a rhythmic motion. Her cheeks were flushed and her eyes were wide open as she was staring. Uh, her eyes wide open had the staring look of complete sexual paroxysm. She came to watch the operation of these women whose breasts had been sliced open and infected with bacteria and lice that were all over the camp. <laughs> Uh, Irma always arrived and would kick the patients if they if their screams interrupted her pleasure. She would often shake in in an orgasmic fashion with saliva running from the corners of her mouth. So she's into some freak shit here. Yeah. Um. Like yes, there are people that get off on pain, but there's that's that's a completely different level. Yeah. It's usually getting off on your own pain, not somebody else's. No. Um, and not to the point where they're having a fucking medical procedure done because you've ripped them open. You know, uh, that's mm, that's fucked. And obviously you don't work directly in the camp. That's just where you're housed, right? So Irma would force her inmates to walk 10 miles every morning for work detail while she rode her little bike. Oh. King, king, king. She probably had a little basket on it and everything. Uh-huh. A little gold swastika up on the up in the wicker. Of course. You know, like a giant asshole. Um, and she also had her German shepherds with her, who are very well trained, because at this point in time, they're not on leashes. They're just running next to her on the bike. 
Um, it's great. Because she loved her dogs, which there's nothing wrong with loving your dogs. No. Unless you're a Nazi and you love your dogs because you've trained them to also be Nazis, basically. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, she, she really liked the fact that the German Shepherd is a working breed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. she liked to put them to work. Uh, one inmate recalled a day uh, when they were pushing a cart full of rocks. They were pushing it up the hill. It got to the crest of the hill, and they kind of lost control of the wagon. Goes down the other side, out of fucking control, tips over, and just chucks out. Just throws rocks everywhere. So Irma turns her dogs loose. Uh, one of them mauled a Polish girl, and the other grabbed a Russian woman uh, by the head and shook her until she stopped moving. So basically grabbed this woman by the hair and shook her so much that it broke her neck. Um, so the Polish girl that's got the other dog on her, Irma just gets really close and she's watching what the dog's doing. And by all accounts, she again was basically visually masturbating Uh because of this. Um, and, uh, this is really fucking creepy because one of the inmates described her as quote, an angel face with snake eyes. So she's she's a demon, is what we're saying here. We we get that. You could have just said it. That's fine. She's she's gone now. You could have just come out and said, you know, <laughs> it's okay. You know, right. but but the way you said it made my skin crawl a little bit the first time I read it. She'd also single out pregnant women. Uh, favorite thing to do here was to wait until the women wait until the woman is going to labor, and then she would tie her legs together with leather belts. Um, this would make the already obviously uncomfortable and painful process of giving birth even worse. I don't know if anybody out there has ever experienced a birth given birth or been with someone when they give birth, they're not comfortable. They're in pain. And the last thing they want is their fucking legs touching because you're trying to push a child out of there. Yeah. Um, so what this would do basically is it would, kill the child because they don't have room to come out and no. it would, it would essentially either suffocate them or squish yeah. their head as they're being birthed. Yeah. Um, and she really enjoyed this because she is Satan. Um, Irma. Uh, yeah. She, and she, she was one of the ones that she really liked to keep herself looking good. You know, um, getting her uniforms regularly starched and pressed because, you know, Hugo Boss put a lot of time into those and you got to keep them looking good. And uh, she also acquired, strangely, nobody really knows where it came from, but she came into a bunch of expensive perfume and jewelry. Oh, who, who knows? You know, probably the same place that everybody found goddamn gold teeth all of a sudden. Um, so she would get all fucking dolled up in jewelry and nice expensive perfume and she would walk really, really close to inmates because she got off on the fact that it made them uncomfortable because, you know, she's all decked out and looking good and they're in essentially paper bags and she's kind of like, you can't get none of this. Yeah. You want it. Um, And she would regularly tell people, particularly, she would tell inmates this, which this doesn't make any sense to me because the way they were trying to do things, there wouldn't have been survivors after the war, you know? Yeah, yeah. She would regularly tell uh, tell people, "quote After the war, I'm going to be in films. You'll see my name in the lights." Okay. Ugh. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're technically in a film, but didn't work out so hot for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, there'll be lights, all right. Yeah. Uh, so she also drew the attention of other Nazis, including the camp commandant Joseph Kramer, who she had a, a long running thing with. And um, she was also pretty regularly known to shack up with the chief surgeon at Auschwitz, our least favorite buck tooth little fuck, Josef Mengele. Yeah. Imagine those two. Just... Gross. 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 Um, so she spent a lot of time with the angel of death, like helping him select prisoners to experiment on. If she noticed twins, she would bring it to his attention. She was She was buddies with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and a- another activity that these two got into pretty regularly was um, they would uh, they would fuck in the medical rooms with 
people in there either alive, dead, or currently being experimented on. They would just nice. kind of stop and like bang it out real quick because it got everybody all hot and bothered. Oh. Um, and another thing she did that was really, really weird is that there was certain prisoners that she would walk up to and be like, hey, you're not really Jewish, you know that? And then she would just kind of peel them off and go have sex with them wherever, men or women. She oh. wasn't particularly picky. Um, but pretty commonly would be right after that, she would find another guard and say, hey, this guy raped me. Uh-huh. And, or this woman raped me or whatever and have them executed. And she would watch while it happened and just kind of, you know... And really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so at one point in time, she got pregnant. Nobody really knows who it was from, whether it be a prisoner or a guard. Um, obviously, a, a male prisoner or male guard, because this does not make a baby. No. Um, so at the time, abortion was super illegal in Germany. We're talking like a felony in Germany for everyone involved. <laughs> Um, be it the person get, like providing it or the person getting it. Pretty much a felony everywhere, right? At that point in time, yeah. 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 Um, so she went back to our friend Pearl, the inmate doctor, and said, I need an abortion. And she objected on not just legal, but also moral grounds. And uh, Irma basically jammed a pistol in her face and said, you're going to do an abortion, please and thanks. And uh, she held her at gunpoint for the entire procedure. Oh. You imagine? Like, I've never had an abortion, but I've also never performed one. But I couldn't imagine performing a a delicate medical procedure while you're shaking because someone has a luger jammed in your face is easy. No. Um, I, I know. Because, I mean, at that point in time, you can't even, like, slip up and just jam a fucking buck knife up or crotch or something and kill her because she's just going to shoot you before she bleeds yeah. out. Um, I mean, at that point in time, like maybe take one for the team and be like, whoops and slip and just right into the cervix all the way up in there in a couple turns, pull some stuff back out. Um, so come January of 1945, the Soviets start closing in on the camp. So everyone is evacuated. Let, let, let me rephrase that. The Germans are evacuated. Yeah. And she would go back to Ravensbrück. Um, the prisoners, on the other hand, the ones that they couldn't execute fast enough, were just left there for the Russians to find. And then, be, they did. being yeah. Jews, the Russians were like, oh, well, you've already saved us time. Why don't you just stay here? Because we were going to do the same thing, too. Because, uh, yeah, the Soviets were not good folks. Yeah, but they were... A little bit nicer. Yeah, they were still putting Jews in camps, though. Mm, I don't think so. They sure were. I don't know of any camps that were that Russians. Well, there's had. a reason for that, because they didn't stay there long. Um, but she went back to Ravensbrook. Uh, she's there for just a couple of months before she's again sent to another big one, where she goes to Bergen-Belsen, which is in Germany. Um, she gets somehow worse there, and uh, with the end of the war on the horizon, food's starting to run out. She would intentionally leave piles of potato peelings where the prisoners could find them. And then she would kind of just kind of sneak off and wait for them to get into the potato peelings because that's the only food that they're going to get. And she would report them to other guards and they would be rounded up and executed for stealing from the Nazi party. Yeah. Even though it's fucking trash. Yeah. Right. To go in a compost pile or right. whatever. And or also, be fed to the pigs. Also, or... why the fuck are you peeling potatoes? Maybe it's just my Irish blood in me that goes, just fucking boil it and eat it. Don't be a bitch. You don't have to peel them. Wash them. Get all the dirt off and eat it that way. Fucking loser. I like potato skins. Well, including the Irish potato, peel their potatoes. I, I like potato skins. Like, if I'm making mashed potatoes, I just chunk them shits up, boil them, and smash them up. Skins and all. Because I like it. Some don't. Some just fucking peel them and smash them. See, peeling them is just another step that takes too long. So That's how it goes. Um. So yeah, another thing that she would do is uh, during roll call, she would make prisoners hold large rocks, like you know, almost like boulder-sized rocks, over their heads. Um, and if you dropped it, you were beaten and/or executed, or both. 
Um, should also force inmates to stand in the snow for hours at a time. Obviously barefoot because you don't get your shoes. Yeah. There's piles of shoes that prove that you didn't get to wear shoes. Um, and um, this is where, you know, Josef Kramer comes back into her life, her old fling from Auschwitz. And uh, these two together were fucking terrible because all this shit that she was doing, he was right into and he would come up with other neat things for them to do as well. Um, so the short period of time that they were there together, they got nicknamed the Beasts of Belzin. By short period of time, I mean about a month that they were there together. Uh-huh. So April 15th, 1945, the Brits finally show up and they take the camp. So she's one of about 50 SS members that didn't flee. So as the Brits are going through the camp, they're going through all these different areas and, you know, documents, paperwork, all this shit. She starts berating these guys because they did not have her permission to go through these particular areas. So the Brits, the Brits were gentlemen, you know, during the war, they didn't want to hurt a woman. So they thought she was one of the nurses or something. So all the females have been segregated over to a section where they're just, just stay here, do whatever. While the men are digging mass graves to throw corpses into. She starts running her mouth. And one of the Brits goes over and fucking popped her in the chops with his rifle and went, go dig bitch. (laughs) So she got to go, uh, go dig graves with the men because she had to mouth off That's what uh, she deserves she, Sorry. she didn't even deserve that she deserved to get fucking kicked to death by a horse or just put one in the back of her head that's too easy put, put that's too easy it. no you break her legs and then you make her fucking crawl until she dies okay yeah i'm into all right. that all right um so you know or you find out everything that she did to the prisoners to the jews yeah and gypsies and do that to her. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to having two guys hold her down, like face down to the ground and just jump on her back and break her spine and leave her there to starve to death. And, huh. you know, in the elements, that's almost, too, that's fitting. That's too, too, too. I think it's, too nah, nice. it's, it's not a comfortable way to die. I just, you're left out in the cold. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it's too nice still. Cause I think I, I like the whole, like put her through everything that she did to others. But what, what she gets in the end is, is a little bit too nice, but maybe not at the same time. Um, so there's a, a journalist that's attached to the British Army section that got there and questioned her and said, why would you help commit these atrocities? And she answers, quote, I'm going to do this in the tone that I can hear every single one of these motherfuckers saying it. It was our duty to exterminate antisocial elements so that Germany's future would be safe. Yes. These, yes. these fucking guys could say this in their sleep. Robots. Yeah. Um, so a little over a year later, she's still in prison. She's there with about 20 other guards who are being tried. One of them said that uh, the Irma's biggest worry was that she wanted to make sure she could look good for her trial. Mm, um, of course. And it, when it came down to it, she pulled out the, I was only following orders. Like Bullshit. Else. Yeah. Um, and they're so, smug. Yeah. Cocky. A lot of, a lot of nose up in the air with these people. Of course. You know, mm, mm, better, we're better than you. You filthy Britons. Yeah. You know, and you fucking Mongoloid, you know, Americans. Yeah. How dare you send Indians into our country to fight us? Yeah, I mean, you fucking... You, Those are yours. You keep them. Some of you people are yeah. our people. You sent Jews here in uniform to fight us, America? How dare you? Yeah. How fucking dare yeah. you? Could you imagine... Get those dark bastards out of here. <laughs> could you imagine being an American or a British troop that just so happened to also be Jewish... And finding one of these camps, and finding out who all these people are. <laughs> well, it's it's like uh, uh, in uh, Leibowitz, yeah, in Band of Brothers, yeah. Except he contained himself a little bit better than I probably would have. I I don't, I don't know if I could have. No, I wouldn't have. I I would have been tried for war crimes myself. <laughs> I, I just I just don't. I, I mean that that that's. That scene there. Oh, that fucking hurt, man. That. Yeah. That, um, 
was the one part of the whole series where um, I had a hard time. They, I had a very, very hard time with then, it. Then uh, what's-his-name goes into the bakery and beats the shit out of the guy there. You fucking knew. You knew the whole fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, because they did, and they and didn't they do things, all, anything they, about it. They went and got him, everybody from the fucking goddamn town. Yep. And, like, don't tell us you didn't fucking know. Dig. Don't it's, tell us you didn't know It's this. not snow, and you know that. Go dig. Yeah. Fuck you. Um. So, after she was tried and obviously found guilty of war crimes, she tries to have her conviction reversed by, you know, appealing to Field Marshal, you know, Bernard Montgomery, who was an incompetent boob we've talked about before. This is the guy that that uh, Leo Major was yeah, supposed yeah. to be given an award by, and he said, I don't trust him to pin it to my chest. Yeah, <laughs> that's how good he was. Um, so he probably told her to get fucked and just finished off his tea and went back to twisting his mustache or whatever the fuck he was doing. So the night before she was executed, her and another female guard, um, who is a, also a giant piece of shit that we could cover at some point in time. But the problem is, I've realized with covering these camp guards, is they're all doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Just in different places. Exactly. You know, there's one particular one that I probably will cover because she was a special kind of scumbag. Um, but this was Elizabeth Volkenrath, who was another well-known Nazi female war criminal. So they just sat there and uh, they sang a bunch of uh, songs from the, the, the German girls thing that they sang growing up, you know. Um the next morning, December 13th, 1945, she's led to the gallows. And uh, they drop the noose over her head, make sure the knot's over behind her left ear. Maybe not far enough behind her left <laughs> ear. But, uh, and they asked her if she had any final words. And she said, schnell, which is uh, quickly or fast in Germany, in German. Um, and they went schnell. They dropped the door out from underneath her. And uh, her rotten fucking corpse would flail and thrash for about 21 minutes. Before she finally died. Um, so it's weird. She didn't weigh enough to break her own neck. And also the not might not have been in the right spot. Whoops. Um, and the rope was a little bit too long. So that while she was swinging, her toes were scuffing in the dirt. My heart bleeds. I know. It's so fucking sad. I'm, I'm, I mean, if, if you could see my face, you could tell really how sad I'm I am. Whole, I'm heartbroken. You know? I mean, uh, I honestly... Oh. Yeah. So she would hold the distinction of being the youngest Nazi war criminal to be executed by the Allies at the age of 22 years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the one I was mentioning before would be uh, uh, Isla Koch, who was uh, another one that we'd probably need to cover because she was she's she was a special kind of awful. Um, you don't get that. Isla Coke. Yeah, Coke, cock, cunt, whatever. Um, <laughs> you don't get the nickname the bitch of Buchenwald by accident. Uh. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, that's that's Irma Grease, who is, uh, I think, the first female to crack the top ten of worst people we've ever talked about. Yes, and I hope, like, fucking hell, this goddamn episode sounds good. It should. It sounded good so far. Honestly, I don't want to hear about this fucking wanker again. I don't either. <laughs> I don't uh, want to talk about her anymore. No. no. With that <clears throat> said, go on over to patreon.com forward slash, slash Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. Like Kevin just said. Check them out. Uh, brand new episodes posted every single week for $5. A month. A month. Yeah. Not even $5 a week. You get, we're not that good. I, I mean, mean no, we're not, no. there are shows out there that have like, uh, you know, they've got like a 20 or $25 tier where they'll put out <laughs> an, ep, you know. They're putting out a couple of extra episodes a week, and they're doing merch and shit. <coughs> we don't have time for that. No. I mean, we both work 40-plus hours a week. I've yeah. got a kid. Kevin has a dog that might potentially be an ISIS member. I'm not sure. <laughs> she probably is. Um, she's definitely She's ISIS. a terrorist. Like, she's fucking a, a royal bitch. She might, maybe she's not an ISIS. She might just be like uh, one of one of Irma's dogs fucking reincarnate. No. No? No, she's not that bad. I mean... Mm. Eh. She just tried to take me out, everyone. I don't think... <laughs> no. Uh, um, 
Also, go over to Dark Windows Facebook page. Yep. There's the, uh, the, 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 the fan page, which is the one where all the action happens. Then we have the show page yes. where you can go there. And if you leave us a review and you mention a topic in it, we'll push it up to the top of our list for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll get that shit done. I mean, I think for the next couple of weeks, we already have our topics. Or, you know, you know what I mean, though. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, find us on Twitter and Instagram, Dark Windows Pod. Also, go check out another little place over uh studio yeah studio.com go check them out they have uh great product over there uh they have uh headphones a bluetooth speaker uh they have earbuds different variety they have attached via wire they have wireless uh Hey, if whatever I mean, they have ones that can wrap over your ear. So full Um, disclosure, the only issue I've ever heard with any of the studio ones have been the wired earbuds. The regular earbuds are ridiculous. The wired ones that could have just been user error for all I know. And we mean by wired because some people like, oh, what do you mean they plug into a thing? No, 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 they're wired means they're attached and they wrap around the back of your head or under your chin, however you want to do it. Yeah. Um. It's basically kind of like for runners or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, if you're getting regular earbuds, they're yeah. insane. I mean, fuck, I have my Ets that I've had, I don't know. I'm on my sixth set of, of earbuds. I've had my Ets for a couple of years now. And the only reason Maybe. I've had so many is because they're not dog-proof. No. Yeah, so I have a golden retreat that likes to chew on things. How long have I had my Ets for? I don't know. Probably a couple years at least. A year, yeah. year and a half? Maybe somewhere there. longer than that. But yeah, um, shit. I still have my Nevas, which are the first set that I bought from them that still work. Yeah, I mean, I've had to replace the little gummy earpiece things, but that's whatever. Who cares? Mm. But yeah, uh, the battery life on all of them is, is ridiculous. Um, I go through one earbud a day, and I I can get about six hours in of listening solid at work. I mean, me, I use mine kind of for listening. I use mine for listening to music podcast or books a lot of but, wagner yeah whatever he's not my favorite i mean he was himmler's favorite yeah but he's he not was your my... uncle's favorite so you probably should like him eh, he's not my favorite yeah i mean mozart's my favorite i don't really care for any of it to be honest but uh but no uh put when you find what you want we know you are put the get them put in your basket put the promo code of dark windows 15 in that's dark windows yep, 15 yep. to get 15% off your entire purchase yep and yes they're going to take some time to get to you it's about a week considering maybe two. they're coming from fucking western europe like eastern europe not yeah. bad yeah pretty damn it's quick like a week ish yeah. maybe a little bit more yeah Week, um, 10 days. It's definitely gotten faster because, like, when the whole war in Ukraine thing started, their their times were slow. But there's also kind of a war going on right there, you whatever. know? You know, but it's 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 gotten better. Uh, yeah. And you're going to get better quality than any of the shit that you can get here, like, at Walmart or at uh, fucking Best Buy or something like yeah. that. You I mean, know? There's always, you know, like anything, there's always better. Right, but if you don't want to spend but, 400 goddamn dollars on a pair of earbuds, yeah, I you're mean, not going to. Yeah, there's always, you know, so they say better, but I mean, yeah. I think that bang for a buck, you get better and more expensive are, are not the same thing. Yeah. You know. You get a good, good product. Yes, you do. I mean, I, I stand behind them. I use them all the time. Yeah. Um, I use mine every day. I literally every day and I use mine for more than just one thing. I use mine to actually uh, reduce the amount of noise because I do fire alarm inspections and I have, sometimes I have to have earbuds in because sometimes like certain things will fucking annoy me. Right. And by having them in actually reduces the noise. Yeah. And it's, it just shows the product. Yep. Um, I, I use mine to keep me awake at work. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, with that said, just because you can't see out in the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. Goodbye. No more Nazis for a few minutes, too. Yeah, like yeah, I could, I could do without that. <laughs>
fuck. That was a dog shit throw. That's the first error he's made in like fucking two weeks. Son of a bitch. Jesus Christ. <sighs> fucking Philly wins. Ugh. Who's on there? I don't fucking know. I've lost all interest in watching baseball at this point. God damn it. Of course, you can't watch the Braves Red Sox game because it's blacked out because Nesson's a bunch of fucking dickheads. Uh, ugh. Oh, that's over. Thank God. Uh, we can throw on. Tampa, Baltimore, and root for Baltimore. I'm going to fucking root for fucking Baltimore. Fucking A, man. Root, root the fucking Listen, anybody <laughs> who has their closing pitcher come out to fucking Omar whistling, like his whistling thing from the wire, I like these guys. Um, anyway, I've been severely distracted at this point. <laughs> Why, yes, yes, we have. Um, 